Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. You have have to stop reading this secret series by pseudonymous bush, book five. Chapter ten. Chapter ten, a thing. Okay, a thing. All right. I did that really fast. I know. Sorry. All right. Daniel, not Danielle, had very mixed reaction when he heard about the mummies being stolen. He knew he should be very angry at his, and it was his father's exhibit. And after all, yet... He thought about it. He had to admit he wasn't angry at the thieves so much as jealous. He almost wished that he had been with them, that he had stolen the mummy. Not really, of course. He had enough mummies to last a lifetime and well into the afterlife. But maybe that was what the what was so thrilling about the thought of absconding with one. Mummies weren't just his father's job. They were his father's hobby. And Daniel, not Danielle, sometimes felt like felt like they were his father's family as well. His father collected what he called mummyabilia, and their apartment was full of modern-day archaeology, archaeological facts, artifacts, like Halloween mummy costumes and candy gummy mummies, mummy keychains, mummy coffee mugs, salt and shepherd pa- salt and shepherd Oh my gosh, salt Salt and and pepper pepper. shakers, toy mummies that unraveled in long strips or glowed in the dark or even, in one case, walked and talked, posters of mummy movies and TV shows, and most precious of all, the mummy dummies and props. His father's prized possession was a wax hand from the 1940s, from the 1940s movie, The Mummy Hand. Daniel, not Danielle, was younger. He had made, when he was younger, he had made the mistake of talk, taking it to school with his friends. Oh gosh, to share with his friends. He was, it was the angriest he had ever seen his normally easygoing father until now. Today was Sunday and they should have been having pancakes for dinner down the street, followed by a trip to the newsstand to look at the comic books. Their Sunday morning ritual for the last four years. Pancakes and comic books among a few things that were among the few things that he and his father liked. Although Daniel, not Danielle, preferred blueberry pancakes and his father, the buckwheat variety. His father preferred DC comics and Daniel, not not Danielle, lined the Marvel line. There would be no pancakes this morning, however. Daniel, not Danielle, had to content himself with cold cereal. His father had warned him not to eavesdrop on the meeting, but his father had suggested that he do his homework. And his father knew Daniel, not Danielle, always did his homework at the kitchen table. At the sorry, at the kitchen table, was it his fault that the kitchen was next to the living room and he could hear every single word that was in the meeting, whether or not he was trying to spy? And if by chance he ha- happened to accidentally peek through the keyhole. <laughs> And therefore, seeing everything as well, how could he be blamed for that? The living room was small and filled with Albert's 3D mummyabilia. 
Nobody looked comfortable. Max Ernest was sitting on the couch, squeezed between his parents. His forehead was red and and furrowed, and his parents were trying with all their might to keep his parents apart by, by maybe to pull them together. It was to tell which, which Cass was pacing back and forth in front of her mother, who was sitting tensely on the rocking chair. Every time Cass passed by the chair, the chair rocked, and her mother grimaced with an annoyance. Of all the people in the room, Yoyoji looked the most relaxed, leaning against the wall, but even his jaws tensed whenever his father or mother were standing huddled beside him, and something in the in his in and said something in his ear. Daniel, not Danielle's father, Albert three D, was sitting on his sitting on his desk chair, wheeled from his office. A bowl of gummy mummies lay untouched on the table. Let me ask you this, said Cass, after the initial introduction had been made. If we saw the mummy, where did we hide it? How could we even get it outside of the museum before the guards would have seen us? It's not like we put him in our pockets. Unable to see her face from the vantage point in the kitchen, Daniel, not Danielle, nevertheless, thought she sounded very adult and forceful. Score one for his friends. Besides, why would we even do it in the first place, asked Yoyoji, jumping in. You think we would steal something like that for laughs? It's way too hairy. We don't want to go to jail. Good point, thought Daniel, not Danielle. If if it was just a prank, why not put a pair of Groucho Marks glasses on a mummy or a Hawaiian shirt or like a flower lay? Maybe stealing a mummy was pretty extreme. Actually, that's not a real argument Argument in our defense, Max Ernest cautioned. There are a lot of other reasons why me might have done it besides laugh. People collect all kinds of things, bugs, bones, stamps. A mummy would be priceless to some people. I know for certain that we could sell. Cass and Yoyoji glared at him. He trailed off. Watching through the keyhole, Daniel, not Danielle, stifled a giggle. Max Ernest never knew when not to talk. All three of them had such a distinct had such distinct personalities, Daniel, not Danielle, reflected. They all had their things. Max Ernest, hyper-talkative, relentlessly ongoing about jokes and magic. Cass, survivalist. Hold on. Survivalist, or whatever she called herself. Yoyoji, the cool guy with the sneaker collection. The guitarist. He, Daniel, not Danielle, didn't have a thing. Comic books didn't count. Almost everything he liked, everything, almost everybody liked them. His closet, his closest thing to a thing was his hair. But his dreadlocks didn't didn't signify about his personality. It was just hair. Besides, his father had dreadlocks too. Sometimes Daniel, not Danielle, felt as if he were one of the superheroes, each with a unique superpower, except for him. The guy who had no thing. Maybe it was a part of, maybe that was part of it. (laughs) You can hear our dog squeaking toys in the background. (laughs) Stealing a mummy, that would have been a thing. Certainly it was crazy enough to caper, but, but to be worthy of a comic book. On the other hand, the mummy stealing, the mummy stealing, who would want that, that, that to be their thing? In stories and movies about mummies, tomb robbers always portrayed as sniveling, sneaky creatures, no better than rats. Daniel, not Danielle, certainly didn't want to be one of them. Hold on, guys. Let's talk this through slowly, said Albert 3D. He looked haggard. As Danielle, not Daniel, knew, his father had been up all night, puttering, pacing and swearing, handling handling the fallout from the theft. 
This is a very big deal. There could be an inter- this could be an international scandal. We're going to have to alert the Egyptian embassy. The museum doctor wanted to give the police your names, but I begged them to wait until I spoke with you again. That's why you're here. I'm hoping that you can shed some light on what happened. It's Albert 3D as Albert 3D laid out the case against his son's friends very strong. A, they had a history, history of vandalizing the, the mummy, whether intentionally or accidentally. B, there was footage of them entering the ex- exhibit around the mummy the time it was stolen. C, nobody else was seen entering the exhibit at night. D, in addition, there was an eyewitness, a security guard, who had got them lingering around the, the mummy's empty sarcophagus. Yeah, but the guards did not see us take the mummy, asked. Yeah, but did the guards see us take the mummy, asked Yoyoji. At the point in the video, do you actually see us take it? Albert 3D shook his head. No, because we, no, because we didn't do it, said Cass. We didn't steal anything. That's not what your principal says, says Albert 3D. Yeah, but, but that wasn't really stealing, said Max Ernest. She's just talking about the time we, his friends glared at at him again. Max Ernest switched course. The point is, all of the evidence is circumstantial, and we were the only ones seen entering, but was anyone seen exiting? Good point. Maybe somebody could have come in when the mummy museum was open, and then they could have hidden in the room until after closing time, and then taken the mummy. How about that? The video is little, is a little inconclusive, said Albert 3D admitted. Do you have any reason to believe that somebody stayed? Did you see anybody? If, if you speak now, it will be better for all of us. Does that mean you saw somebody exiting the mummy with the mummy in the video, asked Yoyoji? Not with the mummy, no. Albert said Albert 3D. But was there something else? Someone else, Yoyoji insisted. Albert 3D hesitated. I'm really not supposed to say. So you know we, we know we were, so you think we're his, we were his accomplices? Max Ernest asked. That's one theory. Can we see the video, asked Cass? Sorry, I was specifically instructed not to share it. That isn't fair, said Max Ernest. With all the evidence, how can we mount our defense? Now, now, slow down, son, Max Ernest's father said. If the museum doesn't press charges, the police can't investigate. Isn't that right? Don't get ahead of yourself, Max Ernest, said Max Ernest's mother. The police can launch an investigation only if the museum presses charges, correct? It makes no difference, said Albert 3D, only slightly put off by the repetitive nature of the questions. He had met Max Ernest's parents before. If the museum doesn't press charges, the Egyptian, the Egyptians probably will. So should we be hiring attorneys for our kids, Albert, said Yoyoji's father. It's not a bad idea. Nobody's pressing charges, said Cass's mother. These kids will tell you everything. They've, they'll get your mummy back for you, I promise. But mom, we don't know anything, Cass said Cass said outrage. Sweetheart, didn't you hear what he said? They've looked at the footage. If you didn't take your yourselves, you must know something. I can't believe that you won't believe me, your own daughter. Why don't you ask Albert 3D what he was doing in the mummy what he was doing when the mummy was stolen? He's the one who collects mummies. Ooh. Cassandra! Her mother glared at her. Well, it's true. Look around you. And he probably had the opportunity more than anyone. Cass, please be quiet before you start making things worse for yourself, said her mother. Albert, you'll have to excuse my daughter. She's a little upset. I understand. Think about how the police records would affect these kids' future. Can you just give me a little bit of time? 
Cass's mother looked up hopefully at Albert 3D. I'll try and hold off the dogs, but I can't promise, said Albert 3D. The exhibit is supposed to move to Las Vegas in three days. If the mummy doesn't return up before then, I'm afraid the police are going to have more than a few questions. After that, everyone spoke at once. In the kitchen, Daniel, not Daniel, stewed. He assumed his friends were guilty. There seemed to be no other explanation, but now he had his doubts. Either way, they were innocent or they were better actors than he thought that they were. Max Ernest especially. Daniel, not Danielle, didn't think that Max Ernest would lie about something like this to save his life. If they didn't do it, who did? For a second, he wondered if Cass Wilde's accusation about his father could be right. But he could have no real motive. Contrary to Cass's suggestion, the last thing his father would want to do was add a collection to add to the collection was a real mummy. His father had more than enough of those at work. While people continued to discuss the missing mummy in the living room, Daniel, not Danielle, came to a decision. As quietly as he could, he walked down the hallway to his father's home office. His father's desk was covered with books and journals and notepads, but he didn't have time to look for a very didn't have time to look for very long. The security disc was right on top of the pile of magazines. He could tell what it was because the museum's name was on the label, along with the previous day's date. Quickly, he inserted the disc into his father's computer and started to save the contents on the disc onto the hard drive. In a moment, he would have he would condense the the file and email it to his friends. The wax hand from the mummy, the wax hand from the mummy's hand, had sat on the shelf right next to his father's desk. In silent witness to his little act of digital thievery, Daniel, not Danielle, gave the hand a good stare and defiantly stuck out his tongue. <laughs> In imagination, the hand responded with a wave of acquisitions. Copying the video was the most mostly legally questionably the legally questionable thing that Daniel, not Daniel, had ever done, and yet he only. He almost thought his father wanted him to do it. He wasn't stealing a mummy. It wasn't stealing a mummy. It wasn't even adding a, adding and abating the stealing of a mummy. In a way, it was the opposite, he thought. As he pressed send, he was helping his friends prove that they hadn't stolen a mummy, perhaps even helping them solve a crime. In comics books, it was usually the villains who pressed the buttons to set off bombs, for example, but not the heroes who raced to stop them. Nonetheless, Daniel, not Danielle, felt it was a start. Daniel, not Danielle, button pusher, crime fighter. Maybe that would be his thing. <laughs> That's funny.